Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. A tagline, and for all you Apple folks, I didn't just cuss, I said Samsung. But Samsung has a tagline that says, the next big thing is here. Samsung's tagline is a persuasive marketing slogan to try and change how people, primarily Apple fans, think about technology. In essence, they're trying to get you to quit waiting and watching for the next better thing coming from Apple when what they're saying, I'm not necessarily agreeing with this, but what they're saying is already available through Samsung. When Jesus came to earth, it was a big deal. And Every year at Christmas, we celebrate that, and we do all kind of things around that time, and we fill up the church houses, and we're excited to announce Christmas, and we do Christmas plays and little Christmas dramas, and we do all kind of stuff to herald the fact that Jesus was born. We do this all around the world. We celebrate Jesus coming to earth. The next big thing is Jesus gives his life for you and die. And in three days, he comes up out of that grave, and we call that day Easter. That resurrection morning, we call that Easter. And again, we pack out the churches. We fill the churches as tight as we can get, and we celebrate this big thing that came into our lives. So we've got Christmas, this great celebration. And we've got Easter, this celebration, which is the largest attendance day for every church in America. But that's not all the story. What is the next big thing? It is today, I tell you, and it's on the screen, so it's no secret. It is Pentecost. It's when the Spirit comes into our lives. Listen to this. Christmas is when God shows up in the flesh. Easter is when Jesus defeats death, hell, and the grave by resurrecting on Easter morning. But Pentecost is when God shows up in the Spirit. It is the next big thing after Easter. I've got a lot of scripture for you today. I hope you're taking notes because you need to study these. Look at these. They're powerful scriptures. I'll try to unpack them for you, but they'll mean more to you if you look at them later after hearing what I preach. Jesus said this. This is Jesus' words. It's in John chapter 14, and he says this. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And listen to what this is. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot 
receive. What he's talking about there is they cannot accept. It's not the fact that they just cannot get it. It's the fact that they won't accept him into their life. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you. And listen to this. And he will be in you. In essence, Jesus is saying the next big thing after I ascend is the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a big deal that I'm with you here now, he's saying. He's saying it's a big deal that I will also be in you. I know you're celebrating the fact that I'm here, but i got to give, give you something to let you know something. It's a big, big deal, and it's coming down the line, and that is I'm not just going to be with you. I am going to be in you. Somebody say, Lord, speak to me today. Somebody say, Lord, give me a revelation in your word today. That's what I want you to have after this message. After the resurrection and ascension, the next big thing was Pentecost. And it's where God poured out his spirit on his followers as he promised that he would. He'd already promised this. As you know, Easter time gets everyone's attention, and it should. It's a big, big moment. It's a big deal. But 50 days after Easter, something else comes around, and it's called Pentecost. And I just got to be quite honest with you, it doesn't get the airtime Easter does. I'm just, I'm just, I know it's a rainy day, and I know our church, this is probably the smallest size in this church that I've seen in a long time because it was flooding like crazy. But what if it was flooding like this on Easter people would still get to church, wouldn't they? Because this one kind of goes under the radar. This is Pentecost Sunday, and it just doesn't get celebrated like Easter does. Easter, we have two services. We pack the place out just about two times. Our attendance is higher than ever. And even on a good, beautiful day, Pentecost is just not as big of a service as a whole, people embrace the resurrection of Jesus more widely than they do the coming of the Spirit of Jesus on the Jewish feast day called Pentecost. For a lot of people, it ends at resurrection. That's kind of the picture of what religion brings us. It kind of ends with resurrection. And we got to wait again until it rolls around and we hit Christmas again. And then we hit resurrection again. But somewhere there's the next big thing that people totally miss. And it's bigger than Samsung. And it's bigger than Apple. It's the biggest thing that's on the market of Christianity today. It's when Jesus' spirit feels the life of every single Christian. And so, Pentecost is predominantly unknown. Or, to be honest with you, Pentecost kind of gets viewed more as a denomination than anything. Can I just stop and just say something right here? Biblically, Pentecost was not a denomination. Pentecost was a Jewish feast that represented an experience. 
Can I just tell you something today? I don't care. And Brother Gene Gary says this better than anybody because he, 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 he was raised Baptist and then he moved over to the Pentecostal church. And Gene Gary will tell you, I don't care what you call yourself. Uh, I think his, his, his wife was, what was she? Bat, what was you? Oh, you were. Well, you was backslidden as a goose. I know that. He'll tell you that. We saw that on the deal, right? But thank God he married a sweet Weta, a good old Baptist girl that started working on him. I didn't mean to go here, but it just went there. A good old Baptist girl, he introduced her to the power of the Spirit. She found her way into a Pentecostal church, got filled with the gift of the Spirit. Brother Gene got rededicated to the Lord and filled with the Holy Ghost. And thank God he did a work in their lives and they were never the same again. Amen? It's the power of Pentecost. But I got to tell you, it's not a denomination. And I don't really care if you call yourself Baptist Goodness sakes, I don't care what you call yourself, Lutheran, uh, Catholic, Episcopalian, and I know I may be offending somebody, but it's okay. All of that stuff even is not even in the Bible. But I'll tell you what is in the Bible, the next big thing, and that is the experience of the outpouring of the Spirit and it was on the Jewish feast day called Pentecost. And so we call this experience that you and I feel in this room today, that tingling up your spine, that power that you feel. It's more than a swing of a guitar or the swing of a, of a drumstick hitting a, a drum. It's the power of the spirit that makes you say something is in the house. And what you feel in the house is the next big thing. Would you stand to the Lord and give the Lord a shout of praise if you love that spirit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah may be seated. Literally, Jesus' resurrection set up the next big moment. Easter was not the end, get it? Easter, he rose. He rose because something else needed to happen. It was a setup for the next big thing that took day, a place on this day in history called Pentecost. Jesus' word to his closest followers after the resurrection from the dead and just before his ascension was this. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, he says this. Behold. Here he's about to ascend. About to ascend. He said, behold, I send the promise of my father. Man, this is something that had been prophesied for generations all the way back into the Old Testament. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But he said, this is what I want you to do to get that promise. I want you to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Here's what I want you to recognize today in this church. The next big thing is already here. It's already arrived. The next big thing after the resurrection is not the rapture. It's not the rapture of the church. The next big thing is already here. It was and is the outpouring of his spirit on Pentecost. 
You think the resurrection was awesome. And it was. It was an awesome time. But can you think about Pentecost? Folks, you've got to get what I'm about to say in your head. It's resurrection power. So when we celebrate on Easter, Jesus come out of the grave and we, oh, and we got all the pretty colors and him coming out. That is awesome and cool. But this day celebrates in a whole nother level just like it used to be Apple. I mean, just it used to be iPhone 1 and then we got iPhone 2 and now we're at like 37. And they kept getting better and we kept buying them and spending money because it kept getting better. The, the, The birth was awesome. The resurrection was awesome, but the next thing is bigger and better than the last because check this out, it got live for the church. And all of a sudden, the resurrection power that got Jesus out of the grave now comes and lives inside of you. And when you wake up every morning filled with the Spirit, you wake up with resurrection power inside of you. Oh, my God. This, 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 listen to this, listen to this. And this is what I'm preaching all wrapped up in the scripture. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, it says this. He said, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Listen to this, listen to this. If it does, if it does. Everybody say if. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells, what? Inside of you. Don't tell me it's not the next big thing. Don't try to cut it out of your denominations. Don't try to cut it out of your church and act like, no, you're too goody two shoes and you make too much money for this. No, no, no. Let me just tell you something. You humble yourself. You receive his spirit inside of you. It's the next big thing and it is his resurrection power living inside your life. Man. I know, it's a rain, I know it's a rainy day, but I'm not, I'm not out of a rain. I don't have a rainy spirit. The only rain I got is a rain of the spirit that I feel in this place. I, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place, speaking to hearts, bringing revelation to lives. Paul is saying the resurrection was all, awesome, but the equally as awesome is Pentecost. Pentecost, let me tell you why this is true. Pentecost makes Easter, listen to this, Pentecost makes Easter personal. It makes it personal. Easter wasn't just so you could believe Jesus rose from the dead. It was so you could experience Jesus' resurrection in your own life. Now, I'm going to read a real long scripture here, so just hang with me, but I've got to take you to the book today because I don't want you to think I'm making this up or it's my opinion on the word. You need to see it in the word, okay? Paul, had, Paul was up at a place at Ephesus. It was in the upper coast. And he, he began to write these scriptures. And I, and I want you to read it real well. Acts 19. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to a place called Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them. Now, I want to stop right here just a minute. Everybody look. Notice at the top it says Acts 19. If you'll look at there, and this is a little Bible study, but Acts 19, you can pretty much figure on this, and if you study it out, you'll find that maybe a little off, but it's so close that it, you won't, it won't hardly matter. It's a great, great, it's a great way for you to picture this. Acts 19 is just about 19 years 
from the first outpouring of the Spirit at the upper room at Pentecost. It's, 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 not, it's not number 19 just to tell us that, it's, but it just falls pretty much close to like that. It's about, it's about 19 years from Acts chapter 2. So I don't want you to think it was like a couple days later, okay? You need to understand that. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, now these are some, some spiritual guys, some disciples, the Bible calls them, followers of the religion that they knew. It says, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them a question. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. What, what are you talking about? We're disciples. We, we, we understand. We're studies of the scripture. We don't even know what you're talking about. That news hasn't even gotten to this upper region of Ephesus. Look at the next text, part of the text. And he said to them, this is Paul, into what then were you baptized? What happened to you? Tell me about your experience. How was you baptized? And they said this, into John's baptism. This is the only time in Scripture where we see someone re-baptized. They were re-baptized because the first time they were baptized, they were not baptized correctly. They, they were baptized into all they knew. It doesn't mean they were not followers of, of God and all this good stuff. It, they were great moving forward in their faith. But the Bible says if you hunger and thirst... He's going to open this thing up to you, right? And they were hungering and thirsting for more of the Lord. And he says, what were you baptized? And he said, into what, when were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. That's, that's all we know. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. That's awesome. Everybody say, that's awesome. Man, that's a great step. That's a moving in your faith. You've got faith now, and I'm stepping into repentance, and it's a beautiful saying, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on, the, that is on Christ Jesus. So I'm going to tell you, I want you to look right here in verse 4. He's saying, now listen, your salvation is going to be wrapped up in this one who's named Jesus. And so he brings it into verse 4. He's saying, listen, your salvation is none other. It's not in John. It's not in anybody else. You've got to be saved and you've got to go through Jesus. Is that all right? Now, now I hope this is revelatory for you. That's what he's saying in verse 4. Now let's move on to verse 5 and see what happened when they understood that, hey, we got to be saved through Jesus. They said this. When they heard this, bam, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I mean, they, oh, I'm sorry, I messed up on that. When they heard this, they started a debate and began to bring all the leaders together and fuss and cry and whine, saying, why were we not baptized right the first? Was that what it says? No, they were hungry. They're thirsty. Debaters are not hungry and thirsty. They just want to argue and bicker. But I'm so sick and tired of religion turning all of this beautiful book into something that we argue about. Let's get back to the Word of God and what it says I want to do. And when that... Can I preach to you today? 
And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I mean, boom. And that's exactly, if you're wondering, that when you saw that video a few minutes ago about uh, eight or nine people being baptized on Wednesday night, that's exactly what we did to all of these students. We did exactly what they did in verse 5 right here. I mean, just like the Bible. We put their hand over the nose. They'd already repented. Uh, Brother Kevin had already led them in repentance. They had faith, and then we dunked them, and we called on the name of Jesus, brought they're high up out of the water, just like they did in Acts 19. And when Paul, uh-oh, 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 so we got them baptized now, we placed the name on them. Can, can I just tell you, Jesus is good enough for your salvation. Come on, you pray over him over your tacos when you go to lunch. You get through praying, and you go in Jesus' name. But we don't sometimes have a clue what was said over us at baptism. It's okay to look back at that, explore the scriptures and say, wait a minute, I think I want to be redunked. Pastor, you're being too hard. You're getting caught up with the T's and the I's. I don't know. You do what you want with it. I'm just explaining it. And I got to tell you, when you get there, I love you. You're ex we're all Christians. We're moving together in God. But why can't God give us more revelations? Why do I have to get God in the corner that he can't open up more things to me that I've not yet seen? That's what exactly what he did with these disciples. And when Paul laid hands on them after they'd been baptized, Paul laid hands on them. This is the next thing, the next big thing about to happen. The Holy Spirit came on them. How do you know? And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Come on, people, give the Lord a shout of praise. Man, man, man. So Paul found some guys who were disciples of John the Baptist, and Paul, trying to get a grip on how much they knew, asked them that question. Did you receive it? Did you get it? No, we didn't, but I want it. I know you're believers. Have you received it since you believe? In other words, I already know you're believers. Can I just stop and say something right here today? And this just makes Parkway a little bit different than a lot of churches that you've seen. If you have not had all that I just talked about happen in your life, doesn't mean we discount you. And also it doesn't mean that we don't think you're disciples of Jesus. When they passed through the upper coast, the Bible says they were disciples. It didn't say that they were Buddhist. It didn't say all the other. No, it said they were disciples. But when they got more of it. So I want to say something here. If you have not been baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ or you haven't been filled with the Spirit, we don't discount your walk with God. Come on now. But I just want to tell you something. There's the next big thing. And it's coming down, and God's opening it to you, even maybe this morning for the first time you're hearing, oh, my God, I thought Samsung had, Samsung had a new phone. And it was, no, 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 no. It's the outpouring of the Spirit, and that is the next big thing in your life. In essence, Paul was saying, you guys have gotten a start, and I love it, and we're not discounting that, but the next big thing you need is already here. And you might as well taste and see that the Lord is good. You know how technology is. No sooner than you get a cell phone, a new one comes out and makes you feel like the other one's obsolete. I mean, we're, you've got kids now and you're just going, you hope they hand down the new technology that they 
down to the parents so we can afford to buy the new ones for them. Now, if you think that's true in my family, you got another thing coming. <laughs> I just said that for to make everybody feel good. Daddy going to get the newest. Just want to settle that in the spirit. And then sometimes you can't hardly enjoy what you got until because of the lure of the next big thing. And you lose the power of what you got because you're looking at the next big thing. And the world is just like that. And no matter what we already have, our unsatisfied hearts are always looking beyond the horizon for the next big thing. And, and we can't ever get enough. And listen to this. This is this statement, in our pursuit of happiness, true contentment oftentimes eludes us. Hear me? In our search for happiness, true contentment oftentimes eludes us. And this is what I'm preaching about today. This is what makes the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whatever you call it, and feeling so amazing. And that is because... When you drink, the Bible, Jesus talked about when you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. In other words, I'm going to say it this way. When you get a drink of this, you won't need anything else. You won't need anything else. I often refer to Larry Poe because he, they owned a pub. And every week they'd go and they'd drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and they'd leave miserable. And then he walked in this place one day, and God filled him with the Spirit. And he filled his life up, cleaned his life up. And now he fusses about the fact that he wished he'd have found this earlier in the life. I don't really know that we could have handled Larry earlier in his life. God has perfect timing. But now when he steps in this room, and when he walks in this door, I saw him in a wedding yesterday, and he said, man, isn't this fun? I'm thinking, we're in a wedding. But this bubbling spirit is inside of him, and he loves it. And I like how he does it. He gets to rubbing his hands. I've got another guy around here. When he starts feeling the spirit, he does a little, a little whistle. I'd whistle like that, but I'm not a very good whistle. Whistler. But he'll, he'll let a little whistle out, and it, everybody around him kind of jumps a little bit. But, but there's people that do different things. They feel something. Some people weep. Some people have a tingling up, but you feel something in the room. Feel something in the room. I, didn't, I can go to a concert, even a, a non-Christian concert, man, I can feel excitement and I maybe even feel, you know, a, a tingling sensation as I, I jump up and I'm behind this person and, man, I, woo, man, I love that song and all of something. But there's a whole nother level when you get a hold of the next big thing. There's something that, that leaves the concert with you. It's something that's more powerful than just seeing your favorite singer sing. It's, it's, it's having Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's the spirit in me that wake, lets me understand that I have hope that is beyond all hope. I have peace that when I need peace, I call and speak to the peace within me. And that peace speaker begins to heal my heart. Somebody give the Lord some love today in the house. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14 says this, it calls the Holy Ghost, and I love this, it says the guarantee of our inheritance. Oh my goodness, listen to this. It's the guarantee of our inheritance. We'll slow down here. Talking about the Holy Ghost, the guarantee of our inheritance. 
inheritance. When I receive the Spirit, I get a little guarantee that I got an inheritance coming down the road. It's the guarantee of our inheritance. It's something I can hand you to tell you, listen to this, I'm going to give you an inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. I'm going to let you hold something to let you know that there's something coming down the line. There's something that I'm, I'm going to say it like this, and this is the, the neatest way I can think to say it. You ready? Listen to this. The Holy Ghost is God's handshake that heaven is for real. It's the guarantee of our inheritance coming down the line. How many want to make it in the rapture of the church? Want to live with, with Christ forever? Man, I do about three or four of you. I'm going in. Y'all can stay if you want. It's raining down here. I'm going to see Jesus. The guarantee of our inheritance. It's God's handshake with the church to tell you that there is coming a day that this purchased possession, you get to go and see him face to face and live with him forever. But for now, the next big thing now that you can have now is to be filled with his spirit so you can have that great inheritance. With God, one big thing leads to another. The resurrection made Pentecost possible, and Pentecost makes the rapture possible. Man. And so you need to experience the, the foretaste of what God is going to give you someday. When I step in this atmosphere on Sunday mornings and I begin to worship the Lord, the spirit in me, I feel the spirit in me, begins to move me. I was standing next to my wife this morning, and I watched her as she was lifting her hands and tears started pouring down her face. I knew what was going on. I don't know what she was thinking in her heart, but I know what her, I know what her heart was speaking to her head, and that is the spirit was moving. The tears were flowing. I didn't mess with her that time because she was experiencing something bigger than Nathan Keating. She was experiencing the guarantee of a future purchase possession. Hallelujah. Can I, can I know what's in, I, I'm really almost finished preaching, believe it or not. Would you just stand right now? And, 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 and please don't go to the bathroom unless it's just got to. I want you just to slip your hands up or whatever way you do it and tap in to the promise of the Spirit. I want you to just touch it. I want you to let the Spirit touch your life. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Let the Lord move over you. That's it. That's awesome. Just experience that. Come on, I invite his presence. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm asking you right now, get personal with me. Let the experience, this personal, personal God, get personal with me by touching me with your spirit. Touch me again. Oh, God. Hallelujah. When I say this to you, how many of y'all have ever been to a restaurant that somebody says, man, you got to go there, that restaurant, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
I mean, it's the greatest thing. And they can tell you all kind of stuff. You get me talking about Lupe Tortilla, I'm going to tell you it's the best fajitas ever put in my mouth. And I'm going to make you slobber when I get there. Probably y'all going to go to Lupe, but I... I mean, couldn't they marinate those things and they come out, they taste better than any fajita I ever put in my mouth. I used to make fajitas and then Lupe come and I just, I just knelt down and just gave up. <laughs> Unbelievable fajitas. And you laugh at that and your mouth waters, but you don't know until you go try. And if you go try, tell them they need to give me a discount because I made a great advertise for them. <laughs> but you don't know until you go try. You can hear about it. And you can say, I'm happy you feel that, ba- that way about it, but I want to really know, I won't really know until I try them for myself. So you get to Lupe and you put the avocado. Oh, praise the Lord. Refried beans. Grilled onions. And then you lay them on top the Lord's gift to mankind. Gloria adios. I wrote, you like that? That's the only things I know in Spanish and I don't even know that I say it right. I roll that baby up, start eating on that. Oh my goodness, praise the Lord. But you don't know till you try them. Some of you are that way about the crawfish. You go, oh good, ain't nobody for you to do crawfish like my husband. Some of you like that with your fried chicken. Some of you like when you go to Papado's. I'm with you. I love it. Go taste and see that the Lord is good. You really don't know until you try it for yourself. You can hear me talking about it. You can hear me get moved by it. You say, man, that guy's fired up. I like hearing him because he gets fired up and he keeps me interested. But that's not what keeps me fired up, people. What keeps me fired up is the hope within me that if, if I can open the Word of God and you can see it for yourself, you might just reach out and grab hold and taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you do, man, me and you celebrate together of the goodness of what He is in your life. It's when He gets personal, personal with you. If you put your faith in Jesus, that's great. Now I want you to let that faith do what it's designed to do and open your heart to the greatest experience in the world, the infilling of the Spirit. Listen to what Galatians says about it. It says this. It says, 3.14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That would be you and me. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through the avenue, the highway of faith. Now, I slow down here, but that doesn't mean the Spirit's not moving. I don't have to be hollering. They don't have to be jamming for the Spirit to be moving. I just get excited talking about it. And I want to just take for just a second all the spooky weirdness out of it. If maybe you have seen it misrepresented, I have. I have personally seen it misrepresented. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know you've seen it misrepresented. 
I've seen it before where, well, you know what, I better not do that. But I, I'll just tell you, I've seen it misrepresented. I've seen it that it's just literally abused and beat up. I've been in atmospheres where it was misrepresented and turned into just a hype that they literally shake people to the place that they was evil. They, they got it just so that it could survive. Now, if you hadn't been there, I don't recommend it to you. Because if you got false teeth, they coming out. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm not telling you those people are bad people. I'm not trying to say that. But I'm just trying to tell you, that's not how we do it here. We try to take the spooky out of it. And because of it, people that have never in their life would be interested in it being represented that way, and again, I'm not saying they're bad, would be interested in tasting it this way. And this parkway is a different place. And the vision that God has given us is to introduce this. And we feel like it is very biblical how we introduce it. The Bible says that even on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were sitting down. They're just sitting down and all of a sudden the Spirit came over them. Do you hear it? I don't hear anything spooky about that, anything crazy about that. And as they begin to speak in other tongues, and tongues is not the Spirit. Tongues is the evidence of the Spirit. So the Spirit already came in. He just says, I'm going to give you a little something to let you know it came in. And so it came in, and they began to speak in tongues. And listen to this. People all around started hearing about it in the middle of this explosion of Pentecost in the upper room, and they begin to come out of the woodworks. And it ended up being that thousands received the Spirit that day and had this next big thing happen in their life. I want to take the spooky out of it. Parkway is not interested in seeing you have to roll on the floor. Parkway is not interested in seeing you slobber and lose your mind. I don't know what you heard, and I'll tell you this, Parkways are not about you hanging from the chandeliers because we just can't reach them. But I'll tell you this, Parkway is about you experiencing the next big thing. And for all the old timers that have been around this for a long time, let me talk to you just a minute. We got people coming out of churches that preach against the Spirit. And they walk in and they've never experienced. They like take the book of Acts out of the Bible and teach everything around it and leave that out. And they walk into our services because they see something happen in the parking lot full. And maybe that's you today. But I want to speak to the old timers to let you know when these people walk in, they're feeling something just when we start singing they've never felt in their life. When, when, they, when they work after a few weeks and they're able to lift their hand about this much, heaven is rejoicing because their faith is reaching for the next big thing. They're standing in line like I did that morning when the first Apple product, Apple iPhone came out. I stood in line like an idiot. But I stood in line. But I got to tell you, as you come to the presence of God, and maybe this week it's here, and maybe this week it's here, and maybe this week it's tears, and maybe this week you feel something, and, maybe, and, and, you're, and you're getting closer in the line. 
Maybe it's taken you three to five or seven. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how long it takes. The fact is, you got to stay hungry. And as you get closer, you reach for him. And when your faith touches him, and he touches you, and all of a sudden you open your mouth, and out of it comes a language like you've never received before. The Spirit makes its entrance into your home and your life. And so there's two types of people here today. There's the person that needs to be renewed in the Spirit. And there's the person that gets, needs to have it happen for the first time. Neither one of them I'm going to make you do. But I'm going to introduce you to the Jesus that wants to do it to you. He wants to do something in your life. Can I just say something? Even if, are you just tired of dead, dry religion? Just get your hands up. Just, I mean, just, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I want something alive. Michael, I want something alive. I want something real. I want something on Monday when I'm driving in my car. I can say Jesus and I feel the Spirit moving the atmosphere. Hallelujah. I want something that when I'm reading my devotion out of the, the scriptures that I'm reading, out of the rhema, uh, out of the logos, uh, the spirit reaches in there and grabs hold and turns it into a rhema and applies it to my heart. Only the spirit can do that. And the Bible talks about that. You need the spirit in your life. And if you've been told it was evil, if you've been told it was devil possession. I don't know where in the world they got that from but it's in the word of God. It's all up in the word of God. It's where the church began and I welcome all my friends in this room to experience the power of Pentecost. The power of Pentecost. So come on man. They're about to start playing some music. And as they do, I, I, want, I want you to come up and join me. Alec, would you join me to be the first with me to kind of break it down, some of you guys, so that people don't have to come up to a, an empty place. Just step up here. If you, will not, if you want the Spirit, you can get it right where you're standing, or you can come up around this front. I want you to throw your hands up. If you have not repented, I want you to repent of your sins. And I want you to just close your eyes and forget about you for a minute. Would you do that? Forget about you for a minute. And let the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to begin to sing. Just step in there close. Get